Roger, Roger. Roger, Roger. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Roger, Roger. As always, I'm Derek. This is Charles here, guys. Super excited to be talking oh, yeah. about the latest and greatest show in the Star Wars television universe. Of course, I'm talking about the Book of Boba. Yeah, Charles, we haven't had anything new for a little bit, um, and uh, obviously that's not too long. It's only a couple of months. We've <laughs> gone through some dry spells in Star Wars for much longer, but I'm really happy to have another uh, another show to watch. That's show. right. We've been on a little break celebrating the holidays and New Year's yeah. and happy, surviving uh, the Omicron, and now we're... getting it all done on Roger Roger. Yes. But uh, yeah, a little uh, belated Happy Holidays, Merry Christmas, mm-hmm. Happy New Year, Happy Life from, Day, uh, your friends at Roger Roger. Mm-hmm. Yes, Happy Everything. We're super fun to be back, and may gosh, while we were away, Book of Boba. Episode one drops, and uh, I don't know when this is gonna come out. <laughs> Maybe the same time episode two is airing or something. But but yes, I mean this is um gonna be this week, and we'll be I think one episode behind the airing. But you know it comes out about the same day, and everybody watches it on the weekend anyway. So I think mm. we're good. I think we're good, too. I, I just don't know if episode two will be out yet or not, but that's fine. Uh, we're going to, you know, we have not seen episode two yet. It's not out at the time of this recording, so maybe sprinkling a few predictions here and there. But yeah, I mean, another new show, more Star Wars. Can we believe it? I mean, I feel like we were just talking about Visions not that long ago. Before that, we were talking about uh, the Bad Batch, and then, you know, we, it just keeps going. And uh, what a wonderful time to be a Star Wars fan. I feel like I'm always saying that these days, but it's true. And this time, you know, this is not just uh, like a anime, and I say just an animated show, but let's be real here. This is the next level yeah, of Star Wars build, TV yeah. cinematic universe. This is top bill. This to me is like the continuation of the Mandalorian, even though it's not really. But in terms of production and hype and mm-hmm. and well, it's the same the attention, canon. it's a direct canon relation. It's you know, mm-hmm. it's a spinoff. I would say yeah. a spinoff miniseries, and that's really big right now. This is the biggest thing that's going to be around for a while. I say until mando season three nothing is going to beat this for a little bit i I was looking forward to this more than some of the movies coming out oh yeah and of all the shows that were listed in that of this of this timeline for the next year this one is in my top three for sure if not close to number one so this was like a really exciting moment you know it's got this it's got Dave Filoni in here. It's live action, of course. It's got that amazing production value that Disney's mm-hmm. been putting into these live action Star Wars shows. It's the same team, yeah. I mean, even the ending with the um, what's the it called? Drawings, the drawings, the, the art, the, um, the mm-hmm. concept art yeah, is yeah, yeah, yeah. the same thing. And they even have a new song. It's not as catchy as you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't. I was just thinking about how I couldn't remember the song. I I was just singing the Mandalorian song when I got excited thinking about Boba. I was just doing the (laughs) Mandalorian song, but that's okay. I'm sure when we get a few more episodes in, we'll we'll get there. Um, And when we do, what an exciting moment that will be. And I don't know, man. I think we just gotta. We just gotta get into it. I was gonna say before we jump in, just first impressions. 
first impressions was it was fun and it, yeah. i thought it looked great i thought the performances were good um i don't think we've hit like the excitement yet I, we don't really know what's happening it just feels kind of like a teaser you know left me wanting more but, but i'm okay with yeah. that i i thought it was really cool and i enjoyed looking at it i was marveling at the production value and the performances and the twi'leks and the you know all yeah, the cantinas being in yeah, tatooine like all effects. that stuff was just was 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 very fun yeah, no, I, I think uh, I, I would echo your sentiments completely. They, um, it was a lot of fun. I was really enjoying it. It was captivating. I wish there was more, you know? Yes. <laughs> it, it felt it felt like a Mandalorian episode, just slightly different, because, uh, you know, the writing, you could tell, is very similar, but the actors, you know, Fennec is on point all the time, and um, I, I can't remember the act, Boba's act of clone, um, his name the actor's right. name but he fell back into the rhythms and it's great i mean oh yeah he was be... great it's so interesting how his age kind of caught up with the timeline of the show yeah. and everything just fit really oh, it well makes perfect sense yeah. yeah and and the i don't know because with mandalorian all those episodes were kind of for the most part episodic you know, you you got a whole action piece and story start to end. This is very intentionally going to be an arc story across many things. So we only got a few series, little yeah. pieces, but that's okay. And I think we need to see a lot more development from Boba. I'd say my only con is it was a we bit... We don't have too much time. It though. was a bit jarring. We don't, but it was a bit jarring to see Boba go from having four lines across all of his appearances. <laughs> like, this is a guy who's famous for like not do barely existing and he's super yeah. famous to now he's like the center of attention and has all these dialogues and, and central to well, these plots and i i think if you if you look at the movies then yes it's jarring but if you bring in the collective boba canon right you know, we talked a little about it last time um before the break with, you know, the Clone Wars, if you think about his EU stuff, you think about his legend stuff, if you think about, you know, him as a an actual person in the in the Star Wars universe, it's not that jarring. But if you I could see how you're like, why would this guy get a show if you're just like a movie fan and you get Disney Plus and you check it out? But yeah. I see what you're saying. Right. Right, right, right. And you know, I'm all for it. I'm here for it. I'm here. I do have one gripe, but we'll get. I'll get to that in uh, oh. sequential order. Okay. Well, does that bring us yeah, to let's go. the introduction of uh, the Book of Boba here? I mean, where where do we go? What do we say? Well, we yeah, we start with him waking up. Oh, sleeping actually, not waking up yet. In the back to tank. We don't know why he's in the back to tank. I was thinking maybe there's residual Sarlacc poison. Yeah, I was in thinking him or maybe because he was in a Sarlacc pit and yeah. so well, that... that's still five, six years ago, seven years ago at this point. Right. Eventually we see him getting absolutely messed up by the Tatooine oh, desert. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, his skin was not looking good. No. He needs all that hydration after all yeah. that desert sun. He was looking uh, pretty rough in those um, Tusken Raider scenes. So Yeah, all I mean, he was pale sure. anyway from wearing armor all the time, but then uh, some stomach acid didn't do him well. We see him, you know, escaping. Just <laughs> Charles. But before that, me, you oh, don't... Yeah. You don't oh. want to skip the... What did you think of seeing Camino and the clip from episode two 
of the young Boba. I think Boba. it was good. I enjoyed seeing some flashback of you know him picking up Jango's helmet. Mm-hmm. A little glimpse of Kamino, just like a couple of seconds was cool. Um, I think we saw something else too. Yeah, I but, just thought yeah. it was fun to see even more blurring of the movies with the TV shows. Yeah. With Mandalorian, obviously, we got some of that. I mean, you know, the end of Mandalorian was very exciting with character appearances and things like that. But this is directly shot-for-shot yeah. footage from episode two that they put in here. And they brought us to Camino. They brought us to, I forget the name of that place, Mos- Geonosis. Geonosis, thank you. I was going to say Moss Eisley? What the heck is that? No. Anyway. <laughs> Moss Eisley is around the block from um, Moss, uh, mm. Moss Esper, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, <laughs> where mm-hmm. this uh, show takes place. And uh, my, 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 it, it's very fun to see these two things come together. And then you go to Jabba's Palace. And I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I thought it was fun. It It's interesting to see episode two footage presented like in real time in a brand new show. And you're like, wow. That the prequels are coming into this whole thing, and we're gonna see more Jang. Like Django is a part of the theme of this story. It's like how fascinating, right. and not something we've seen in a long time. And but this has been a big push for you know Dave Filoni is obviously a huge fan of the prequels and heavily involved in the Clone Wars TV show and things like that. Right. So to see them get involved is super well. Exciting. It is. It's a cohesive universe. They're really making it. Hey, this is all the same thing. You got to know your characters you got to know your lore you have to it, it's it's interesting and i really yeah. think it's a fun way to go because it pays right. off for some of the oh, yeah. you know the long time and viewers this is what yeah a long time i was gonna say like all the people that w- maybe had gripes about the sequel trilogy i i think are feeling somewhat validated in some of these moments where it's like some tlc given to the prequel um, well, and, this, and the OT anyway, because, and, I mean, yeah. there have been people wanting more Boba for literally 40 years, you know, so <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> probably longer. Um, so this this is really hitting home for everybody, which we is We had baby Boba in the Clone Wars. <laughs> you know, he was there. <laughs> I mean, a little later on when he was, like, breaking out of jail and stuff, he did do some cool stuff, but nothing, <laughs> no Mandalorian. Yeah, yeah no, Boba. this is next level. This is what we and, want. Yeah, yeah and... Um, He's in the he's in the tank, the healing tank, which I always which I think is cool. Mm-hmm. You know, gloving me a good healing tank, and uh, yeah, we get to one of my favorite scenes of this episode is we get to see the inside of the Sarlacc pit. Yeah, mm. this was creepy, man. This was like was cool, giving yeah. me claustrophobia watching this, and and like the shot is so narrow in the frame of Boba he's got all this slime and his limbs are kind of buried in the in like the, in the weird muscle, intestines yeah. of this of this creature and he's in this very little sliver of the flame and everything else is just pitch black and it's moves so slow and it's like oh it's creepy man it's gross but it's yeah. so good no i think it was done perfectly you know, then he grabs the the O2 tank from the stormtrooper. Yeah, takes he sees a, a stormtrooper then... who looks like he's been there for a while. For a while, you know, because <laughs> what is it that C3PO says in um, um, 
I guess this one is this uh, episode Return of the Jedi where he's like, and you will fall into the Sarlacc pit where you'll be digested <laughs> over a thousand years. A thousand years yeah. And you're like, oh, man. But I remember I as a kid watching yeah. like Boba Fett going in there and feeling bad for him. I, feel, I felt bad for everyone that fell into that Sarlacc pit. <laughs> and this only affirms that and takes like, no yeah. one deserves this, man. This is so rough. And I think that Stormtrooper was there since uh, A New Hope. He was one of the guys combing the desert. <laughs> oh, that, that's an interesting fan theory. <laughs> yeah, why not? He fell in while he was looking for the droids. I mean, there is a very unique timeline where it must have been. Like, Stormtroopers yeah. existed in for a finite Tatooine period Desert. of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So. I wonder if this, if the the actual costume is like identical or something. Maybe that was in you know if you do a deep lore cut and you like frame you know <laughs> check out the uniforms. Maybe it is that would be cool. But I we didn't do that. Maybe. But yeah, we see him bust through the intestinal wall. Yeah, throw and it looks fire. great. Very obvious practical effects mixed with oh, CGI yeah. here, and it looks so good. And and I don't know, just like. It makes you feel like there's something movie magic about it when you see practical effects and like these really crisp, high def cameras and really good CGI right. and, and robotics and stuff side by side. And we'll, I'll get more into this as we get into more scenes in this sh- episode because I think there's a lot I really enjoyed about that aesthetic of like seeing the uh, original trilogy practical kind of goofiness. In the same shot as something super polished in modern day in this Disney $14 million, however many millions of dollars per episode budget this show had, like cutting edge cinema with new technology and stuff. So to see those side by side, it just makes you, I don't know, my my vibe was I was like, man, this is... This is like movie magic here. It's cool, and I and I yeah, it's what it. you want. It gives the right feeling, you know. And not yeah. a lot, of, and that's not just a Star Wars thing. I'm talking like movies and TV in general. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the CGI is a bit much, and it's yeah. kind of a pain, you know. Right. There's, you know, one thing I don't really watch these movies. It's got a huge fan base with the Fast and the Furious movies. Yeah. I'm pretty sure all of that is like practical effects, hmm. and that's kind of really cool. Yeah, you know, I mean, we'll have to see if there's any about... Fast and Furious podcasts out there we can listen to and find yeah, out more, we'll because out. I don't know. I, I've only seen, you know what? I've only seen Fast and the Furious 3, Tokyo Drift. That's Tokyo the only Drift. one I've ever seen. I think, did we see that together? I think so, like, yeah. We went to the theater, because we were just in junior high, and that's all you did was go to the movies. And... Yeah, we went to the movies a lot. And, uh, but um, but yeah. I've seen just clips on YouTube of them like pushing cars out of buildings or dropping them off cranes and stuff. Yeah. You know they they'll ruin a fake Lamborghini. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, that's. I mean, it's there's something about it when you see the real practical effects. And yeah, and even those Tom Cruise movies. Like, I, I don't love all of them, but you know, Mission Impossible and him doing all those stunts, it does look different. It, it kind of mm-hmm. makes you feel a little different. For me, it was also like uh, if you are on Netflix, there's um. The Dark Crystal Age of Resistance TV ah. show, where it's got actual puppets, but then they do a little CGI on their faces, and the, obviously the backgrounds have a lot of CGI right. influence in them as well. And but it's a subtle touch, yeah, and just best the, of both worlds. Yeah, it's weird to see like what's very obviously a puppet made of cloth and fabric and stuff to to having them do really crazy fantasy mm-hmm. things. Yeah, it's the same vibe. It's cool. It's it's an aesthetic yeah. I really appreciate. And it continues when Boba shoves his fist deeper into the Sarlacc and shoots his flamethrower wrist at it and um 
Not at it. In it. That's going to give you some heartburn. (laughs) That's got to hurt. (laughs) (laughs) And then, you know, this moment that everyone's kind of talking about on the internet about how um, Parks and Recreation, Patton Oswalt's Star Wars filibuster (laughs) predicted this moment. Yeah, you sent me that earlier. Yeah, I I know. I sent it right away where it's just like, and then we have the band of Boba Fett reaching out of the maw of the Sarlacc pit and crawling through the sand. <laughs> You're like, that's funny. <laughs> We've been waiting. We've, there's so many fan fictions picturing this moment, and here it is. Canon. Yep. Boba Fett crawls out of the Sarlacc pit. Canon, guys. I mean, I was for sure, uh, before Mandalorian and all that, I was like, he's dead. He's gone. They're, they're not. There's no bringing him back. And then here we are. It's very exciting. Yeah, you got that armor. <laughs> He's got the that. best car, it helps. Yeah, the best car helps, I guess. And then you, a few sessions of the healing tank, and you're good as new. Except he seems very emotionally well, scarred, later. actually. We don't know when he got there, yeah. He does not look good. He, then he's, uh, definitely yeah, going through job. some trauma. <laughs> yeah, the, you see him get up. The Jawas poach his armor, those little... Oh, <laughs> they're never that far behind, those Jawas. No, For quick. people that move very, very slowly in that giant machine, yep, the they're everywhere. Problem. They're where it matters, you know? Uh, yep, then we see the Tuscans grab him, kind of... Uh, we don't really know why. It's kind of like a slave thing, but they don't really make him do anything. Yeah, the show very <laughs> intentionally commits to the Tuscan Raiders not really communicating and yeah. we get a lot of moments in the show of just being in a Tuscan Raider camp and seeing that which we've gotten little hints of especially in Mandalorian um, and then in a few other shows as well but I don't think we've ever spent this much time really like getting into the culture of the Tuscan Raiders. It was kind of cool because you could see that, you know, they have a chief, which I don't think we've seen before. He has a mm-hmm. different, like, amulet type of thing there. And this is obviously a different tribe than closer toward, than, um, closer towards Mos Eisley and, you know, right. that area because they are dressed a little differently. They have a kind of a different style. The Hutzer, yeah. I think, are you the see same, him but, taking, yeah. you see the chief taking pride in his son and giving Boba some water as an understanding of like, hey, well, that's you later. Kept my son alive. Yeah, but you you see these moments and you're like, okay, they're they're a little more complex than what Obi Wan was describing in A New Hope. <laughs> so, well, not much. See, that's. I mean, I have a little fan theory about this. Uh-huh. I think most of the Tuscans are more similar to what. Um, Obi-Wan was describing, but then you have kind of the traitor ones that maybe are a little smarter, and then mm. the chief is definitely a little more with it than some of the other guys, because mm. we'll, you know, obviously the little kid kind of fools the rest of them later on, but the chief is like, yeah, okay, I see what went down here. Good job, Boba. Right. Yeah, you, you, you've earned my respect. And I think there is a bit of a hierarchy, maybe based on intelligence, or just based on what they care about, or how strong powerful it's not powerful in the force or anything but like how strong they are there's something to that which i like that there's definitely a little more than we've seen before yeah i agree i think that character the chief of that tribe is a very interesting one i don't think we've Mm -hmm. seen the last of him and i just like that that you know in a 30 minute episode this this episode was very patient with the tuscan raiders and it, it it didn't spoon feed it all to us we just got to watch it happen we got to spend time with these characters just being the characters and it goes such a long way and 
I don't know. I was fascinated by it. I thought it was cool. And you see this, this trope so much of like, oh, barbarian tribe out in the desert. And the Tusken Raiders embody that a decent amount, but they still found a way to make it like entertaining and fun. And they put a spin on it. You know, it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, so we see him get beat up by some kids. He passes yeah, out. And he's looking like uh, doo-doo in this. He's got yeah, yeah. the burns that I'm assuming are from the Sarlacc pit. And then he's got all his skin peeling. He's super gray and pale and crackly. You're like, oh my yeah. god, this guy's through the ringer here. Yep. Then we have that little scene where he's uh, looking down the attack dog. And the uh, Greedo species mm-hmm. guys <laughs> rats him out. <laughs> yeah, a little Stockholm syndrome thing there. Yep. That was interesting. Whether they're, they're tied to the post and well, he wasn't getting beat up, so he was obviously doing something right. And then what's, we're seeing this side of Boba that I'm not sure if it ever was there before or not. It's hard to tell. He was only in the show for like seven minutes until yep. this point. Like we've doubled his screen time by this point uh, across forty years of Star Wars in this episode where he's kind of like sympathetic and and empathetic i should say to animals and to his like fellow man he's like do you want me to untie you like he's asking for consent to free a prisoner in a in a um, tuscan raider camp it's an interesting side to him and it's like is this a new thing for boba fett or is this always the way? Like, is they, are they trying not, to make him like? Well, more? they're definitely trying to make him a hero. So, like, isn't this like the callous bounty hunter who would just take money and 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 hunt people down? And yeah, no very... disintegrations. Yeah. Right? Like, <laughs> so they are definitely raising him up a little. I could see that, and I kind of thought the same thing. But I mean, I mean I'm all. F- it. I like that there's like this sensitive side to Boba, but I to me there's a very stark difference between like pre Sarlacc pit and post Sarlacc pit Boba well, Fett. Not we don't have enough information. Right. You know? We know he's a callous bounty hunter that will he if he wants to t- uh, destroy his target and disintegrate them. He doesn't care, but maybe that's only for the the job. Maybe other than that, he's never really. You know, he's okay with civilians. He doesn't put other people in harm. He's, you know, honorable and respectful. And, well, you know, he he was raised as... He was raised as a Mandalorian, you know, he, he, he took the creed from his dad. Know. He had no problems lying to Obi-Wan and trying to get the drop on him and retreating and... Well, he, but see, but that's, you're allowed to lie. There's nothing wrong about that. Yeah, but still what I'm but saying But he also is... has a burning passion of hate against Jedi. Uh-huh. So that's like a whole. Well, he other does thing. now. <laughs> well, no, he has since <laughs> post um, since Windows he was. T- the- yeah, so uh, I think that all of that still makes sense. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it it doesn't break canon, but you can see they're el- trying to elevate his character. Yeah, but, I definitely. I, I thought they moved kind of fast with his empathy. I think there's an interesting idea in that. He went through some really traumatic stuff in the Sarlacc pit and, you know, all his dealings with crime and stuff. You, you, and that he learns some of that trying to live life afterwards. But this is literally right after he crawls out of the Sarlacc pit, passes out, and here he is. And he's like, do you yeah. want me to untie you? Like, I'll just knock you out, pretty creature. I respect you as an animal. Um, so... Yeah, I don't know. It, it was it, it had me thinking a little bit. I was like, I don't know if this is the same character, Boba, but I'm not that 
I, I don't really care that much. Slate. But let's be yeah, clear. But I, I think he's enough of a blank slate that you can kind yeah. of that they, they you there's enough to get away with it. It wasn't my personal. And there was a moment where he could have beaten but, the kid in with the stick, and he chose not to, and yeah, stuff like but that. Like, who, it's a stupid kid. Like, I, I, I'm I'm on board with it so far. I I get it. Uh huh. I mean, I yeah. Again, like. It's just the thoughts that were in my brain as I was watching this. Like, one of the few moments I was taken out of the show um, yeah. were these, was thinking about Boba's character. But it's such a minor thing. I actually enjoy this character of Boba. I think if you're going to make him the center of, a, like, a lead in a show, you have to give him some kind of depth. And the fact that he is actually kind of sensitive in certain ways, I think, is very interesting. And how that translates to being a crime boss, we'll find out. Because he's all about the respect, as yeah. we find out later. It's like, <laughs> okay, when was Boba about respecting anybody? I guess now. Um, well, no, see, that one, that actually works too, I think. Because he has, as we talked about in the other uh, last episode, he's had multiple bounty hunting and criminal enterprises under his belt. Obviously not as big as Jabba's. And if you want to throw that on top, he ruled through respect and, hey, like, I'm the best. I treat my mm -hmm. employees well. Um, I will kill you if I have to mm -hmm. um, without a hesi without hesitation. But, you know, I'd rather work this way than that way. I think yeah. all of these, he's enough of a blank slate that it works. Yeah. It, like I said, wasn't my original headcanon, but I, I'm, I'm with right, it. Right, right. And the whole leadership like leading through respect thing, it, it's kind of interesting to think about again this Tuscan Raider chieftain who also leads through respect. It's like you you'd like to think that Boba in some ways was influenced by this character. We could say maybe it'll happen. Yeah. Maybe I have a feeling that they're going to become more brotherly towards each other in the coming episodes, and I think being empathetic towards the Tuscan Raiders who are treated like they get a bad reputation in the original trilogy. So as just they savages for no reason. They did just great. steal him. Yeah. But <laughs> they also stole. Yeah. Anakin's mom. They're, yeah. They're not. <sighs> no, but they've never been more honorable and respectful than they have right been now, in yeah. right now. Like, the chieftain lets Boba Fett fight a guy one-on-one -on -one after he escaped. And it's yeah. like, he didn't... He called off the dog and then made it one of his warriors fight him. And then when Boba lost, they dragged him back in. When he saved right. the kid and came back, he got water. So there's, like... And then you cut to present day where Boba's like, I want to lead through respect. So you're like, okay, well, <laughs> maybe he learned something. He's learning something about leadership here because this guy was not a leader. He was, you know, flying well, solo. Well, he was semi a leader for occasion, but not like he was not in the position he is now. Right. right. Yeah, because you could even see when he's on the throne, he's like, uh, what? Yeah, <laughs> you know, he's not yeah, a, not super not comfortable. A, yeah. Mm -hmm. So he gets some hand-to-hand -hand combat. He get he loses. well here. So this is my gripe scene. Mm -hmm. uh, this scene looks like crap. It really does. Uh, the fight was well choreographed and good, but there you could. The set was obviously j they just dumped a bag of sand on the ground and then put green screen everywhere else, and it looked <laughs> it looked bad, which is surprising because we have some scenes like that whole most Eisley, not most Eisley, most Esper like parkour on the roof scene. That was mm -hmm. all like they built that. That looked great. So I don't mm -hmm. know how they couldn't make just the the background of dunes at night look so lame, and it mm -hmm. obviously being just. A, a really crappy soundstage. So I don't well, know what you know. They there. get a big that's, budget, that's but it. they don't have a blank check 
Um, I remember, yeah. This brings me back, man. An old job I used to have producing conferences like and we got this the woman who was the showrunner for a show called power have you heard of the show power on um uh, maybe like it has yes, like i think you know, it's it's a show it's it's co-produced by like a famous rapper i don't i haven't really seen the show but it's a show that takes place in new york city and there's gang violence and stuff and she's like you know you have a show you're given a budget you have x amount of episodes it's yeah. like you can't have every scene be in action chase through the streets of New York. Sometimes they just you have to film a scene where they're sitting on a bench and talking to each other. Right. It's like you have to balance the budget in that way. So I think for all these impressive scenes where they're in the Sarlacc pit and they had to build this whole Sarlacc pits and and you know they're fighting and running across the rooftops. It's like to have a moment where you're having a fight scene, but you do it in the sound studio and you do it with minimal set design. Yeah, but here's the thing. You could have just put it in front of a campfire so that it, the, the foreground is lighter than the background, mm-hmm. and then you can't even see the background because it's too dark, or throw uh, some stars in the sky or something. Yeah. That's what, like there, there was a cheap workaround for this, I right. think. You know, maybe it was a time thing. I think they it, were like, know, look, the costumes look gripe, great. But, yeah. Let's just focus on that. Yeah. I, and it was a cool you know, fight, I didn't, too. You know? I did, that didn't cross my mind when you said it, but watching it, I, I have this show on my other monitor here. Looking at it now, I, I see exactly what you're yeah. saying, but it never really crossed my mind. And also, you could argue that it was a flashback, you know? This memory oh, was for, a little he hazy. Just what the background it, was. It, it was a little, he was fighting for his life, you know. He couldn't fully remember wow, what was going that's on. Meta, in Charles. This I like guy. it. I'm in. That's he just he was hit so hard he forgot what the surrounding area yeah. looked like. Right. He's not gonna remember the stars. Like, come on. Yeah. All right, good. On. So yeah, then we, we like you said, we have the chief kind of being respectful, saying, Hey, if you beat my best warrior, maybe we'll let you go or something. Right. Or he won't tie you up again. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously he's in like the worst shape of his life right now. So he loses. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, of course. And it's like as honorable and respectful as you are letting him do one-on-one combat. It's like the guy is yeah. completely emaciated and dehydrated and exhausted fighting yeah. a fresh <laughs> a warrior. Yeah, exactly. Right. So was it really fair and respectful? No, Not really, no. well, but it was, it was a step. It was a step. Yeah. It's like, Hey, you could win. And if you do, yeah. who knows? But, But that's still, like, why take him? Like, at first I thought that he was tied to the post because he was going to be, like, the meal for the animal. Mm. But no, they just took him for fun. I don't Mm. really get that. Kind of same with Anakin's mom. Do they, I guess they just they're snatchers. Well, they snatch. were like they they're snatchers, and maybe they were going to sell them or something. But they were using them to get water, harvest water. Yeah, I guess there is slavery on Tatooine. Yeah, so um, that was that one actual contributing thing he did besides be tied to a post was dig for water. So yeah, like that was hard. We'll get to that scene. We'll get to that scene. That I didn't. I was very confused. I was like, so there's water buried a quarter inch under the sand very In frequently all over the place? Yeah, I'm right. sure they have their well, whole Well, they, they are moisture fi- farmers on Tatooine, so maybe that has maybe something to do with Maybe they just planted them. It kind of reminds me of Dune. I was reading that book recently, and they have the moisture nice. farmers in the deserts of Well, I always Dune thought too. the moisture farmers sucked water like condensation from night on the yeah on the on the dunes or maybe they mm-hmm. got it from underwater mm-hmm. and i thought it was very like small quantities that they're collecting oh, yeah. not that there's like little seeds of water that don't grow into anything yeah. but they just hang out right and it's like you could just be like glug 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 ah. 
right. <laughs> from each one. You're like, Ooh. and it's also water. It's definitely not like an egg, like we see. Like, who, mm-hmm. who I, you know, whatever. We'll figure it out. We'll, 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 we'll get there, but first, everyone has to pay their respect to the new boss. I, I find it interesting that Boba says, you know, the the dreams are back, as in, like, um, you know, this is happening now, and it, like, it, like he's well, obviously anxious. Yeah, yeah. The anxiety's real. You know, he gets all suited up. The robots are helping him put his armor on. Very cool. Yeah, like, it was kind of a cool scene. Yeah, very iconic. It's looking a lot better too. Oh yeah, he looks great. The the yeah. healing tanks are working wonders, you know. Yeah. Especially since right before this, they show him and he's really messed up, <laughs> and now he's looking pretty normal. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So we get to everyone paying their respects. Yeah, we got a couple of guys, um, and then we have the mayor's aide yes. come in, and he's not. Uh, he's a little ballsy. This guy, yeah, I very like interesting performance. Like the um, the, um, the like, dialogue the is, how yeah, it the cadence fun. of how he spoke it. was very like normal, it, like creepily normal. Um, have you seen the movie on Netflix? Don't look up. Not yet. Everybody's telling me to see it. There's a character in that who does a similar thing. He plays like, you know, a Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, um, Facebook guy, uh, Mark Zuckerberg kind of guy. And he has, but he has a very awkward, soft voice with an unusual cadence that makes him sound like extra normal and kind of (laughs) weird. It, and, uh, yeah, he's, he's, was, I thought it was a great performance. It was kind of like unsettling, but interesting yeah, at the was. same time. Um, and it matches like the weird Twilight, you know, look to this yep. kind of ridiculous looking character design in live yeah, it was action. Like s- strangely ominous, yeah. but also friendly. Like mm-hmm. it's exactly like what you kind of want from that type of character. He's like the the emissary from the king, but in this case, it's the mayor who is basically, I guess, on most, you know the king of the city and he's calling all the shots and here's my theory that you know is probably maybe more on the obvious side but um you know we had um oh gosh i'm blinking on his name right now the gentleman bib fortuna Fortuna, thank you who was also a twi'lek um easily dethroned you know over and gore i think he was a puppet leader for the mayor so after that Jabba? he could after Jabba, oh. so that the mayor could run the underground scene while also still being the mayor in the above ground scene. I like that. And he just made uh, Bib Fortuna his his puppet boss leader because that guy, you know, started to look like Jabba towards the end there, <laughs> and uh, he was so easily deposed, it, yeah. and um, no one cared. And I, he didn't really command any kind of fear or respect or power right. or anything. I think it was all just a front for the mayor to do whatever he wants. And that's why the mayor is so confident in these scenes. And in this case, the mayor's you know spokesperson is the messenger of like, oh, well, we're just going to you know, keep doing what we want. And deepest apologies, but um, we don't recognize you as a leader. And um, uh Right, he's, he even says, yeah. well, we're waiting for your tribute. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. Very, not good. even it's... veiled threats, like direct yeah. threats. 
And yeah, he even said, well, we might have another crew come in later. I'll see you guys. Yeah, Bye. it's like, dude, Bib Fortuna was giving money to us. Hello. Like, <laughs> he did what we told him to do. He's that's like, yeah, you're no my, Yeah, that's my theory. He was a plant. Nice. So, and I think this mayor is going to turn out to be a real crime boss villainous type. Uh, that's my, that's where I see this show going. Yeah, that might be the big bad of the episode mm-hmm. of the next couple. We'll see. Mm-hmm. So yeah, then we uh, jump back into. Do we? No, no. We go to the sanctuary next, right? Let's see. So there's more tribute talk. Beep, bop, boop, and then they go out into the village. Well, oh, we forgot he t- he uh, gets the guards to yeah, the uh, swear loyalty to him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's Which interesting is, you know, to see those guys get some characterization. Yeah, and again, we're talking about like putting the old original trilogy stuff in the bright light of day and high modern day movie magic with like robots and CGI creatures. And it almost looks kind of goofy to see those like pot belly pig warthog guys walking next to Boba Mm -hmm. Fett in, in, um, in the town of Tatooine, you know, you're like, Whoa, like they look kind of funny almost, but I'm vibing on it. You know, again, we're talking about that movie magic. So they, uh, and I like how, you know, again, it's building up his, like, hey, Boba's not the worst kind of guy. He's like, I don't torture people. I'm either going to kill him or <laughs> they're going to swear loyalty to me, which is fair enough. And it you know, pays dividends owner, right a, away, you know, you know, when we get into the chase scene. Oh, yeah, it was a great, it was a great uh, move. They saved both of their lives. Yes, they did. So, but that's that's after. So they go to the. I guess it's like a casino, they, yeah, a bar, cantina. casino, little cantina. You get to band see uh, again. On. They have like that puppet that, like the blue elephant. Another example. Oh yeah, I I was like laughing when I saw that, and then, you know they had the. Again, this is the name of the genre of music by George Lucas: the jizz band player. <laughs> And the blue guy, <laughs> the blue elephant guy. Yeah, it's so they're, funny they're to see great. them side by side because <laughs> that... <laughs> the blue elephant guy looks so yeah. different than all the other character designs that look so modern and fresh. Mm-hmm. Um, and I see like one of the robots that was dealing cards looks like the robot that runs the cantina mm-hmm. in um, Galaxy's Edge. Which, oh, uh, cool. Yeah, the Galaxy's Edge is there's like a DJ robot, and he looks exactly like that guy. And I'm I'm nice. sure there's some kind of connection there. Like I'm oh, sure yeah. I think that bar is supposed to be in Tatooine. Also, I could be wrong. Well, but, Galaxy's Edge, you yeah, know, that's kind of where Tatooine is, middle mm-hmm. of nowhere out there. So, yep, pretty interesting. We get a nice cantina scene, very OT vibes. Um, yeah, and I couldn't tell. Um... What's up with the owner there? Is she all in on, hey, yeah, you're the new boss, fine. No skin off my bones. Mm, Or is she the one that sent those assassins? Yeah, no, I think they were very assuming and... uh, I don't know, I I think it's all part of this mayor conspiracy. Yeah, exactly. I think it's all part of this mayor, underground crime, politician conspiracy. So they get a bunch of coin in their helmets. Boba makes a couple of jokes. They leave, and then they get um, attacked by the shield crew. Yeah, she's almost like kind of going. She's almost kind of amused. Before we move on, she's almost kind of amused that they want to talk business. She's like, "Oh, it's like, are yeah. you here to take part in any of our pleasures?" Like I'm sure Bib Fortuna would 
would be yeah. would react in that way of like yeah where's the food and um, <laughs> he's like actually i'm here to talk business and she's like oh right. oh this guy wants to talk business i've replaced bid fortuna huh yeah she almost was like placating him a little bit and then he's like oh i walk on my own two feet uh, something that i was taught by the tuscan raiders <laughs> <laughs> he didn't say that but um you know it's you know I guess part of his character. Yeah, I mean that makes it definitely. It would be odd seeing him driving around, acting like, like a self-made that. man. Meanwhile, he's a legit clone of Django Fett. Okay, oh. born into the privilege <laughs> of bounty hunter Shots elites. <laughs> I'm just kidding, guys. You know, Boba's got all Charles time, but... shot first, <laughs> and uh, yeah. So she's basically very dismissive. She's like. Hey, she gives him a bunch of money, though. Yeah, I think she's trying to tempt him and distract. Well, then they immediately get attacked, so she's obviously planned on getting it back, you know? Well, no, the Jawas, again, the Jawas, these quick guys, man. <laughs> they steal all the money from the helmet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. they get attacked and it rolls away. Then we get a pretty cool fight going on. We see um, Boba throw Fennec in the air at one time. Uh, we have the guards jump in, a little slashing, a little bashing, and eventually yeah. they, yeah, they yeah. get the upper hand. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, this was, you know, it was fun. It, a little piece of action. I like seeing those um, those green guys fight. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. I don't know their names. I Grum, think Gamorian guards. Gamorian that... guards, yeah. Like seeing them fight against human beings, and then like... They were played by actual people, and you got to see their faces, and they all kind of look a little yeah. different. And that, to me, was kind of interesting, too, because Star Wars was so much like, you killed a stormtrooper, and it's a thousand of the same guy. But then to see their faces is, uh, I don't know, it's, it's interesting. It, it feels very new Star Wars, and I kind of like it. Yeah. All these just, like, unusual performances and appearances of making people seem more ordinary in this galaxy is kind of cool. So we got to see a little bit of that. You got to see Fennec Sand stepping up and getting some cool action Yeah, after Bola got KO'd, he got wrecked. Mm -hmm. uh, Although he did perform some pretty good feats before that he got teamed up on. But then uh, they take him to the back to tank and uh, he tells Fennec, get one alive. Right, and exactly. uh, then we have this cool parkour chase that I was talking about earlier, where they're—I mean, I, obviously they didn't build all these buildings, but mm-hmm. everything they were jumping on was—it looked practical, at least to me. Yeah, you know, it looked like they built each rooftop, and the, it was great. That was awesome. We got some really cool shots. Yeah, just a great scene. And then, I uh, agree. It, yeah, and then at the end, <laughs> Fennec pushes one guy off and grabs the other guy. Yeah. Takes him alive. Yeah, exactly. Um, definitely, you can get the sense at this point that Boba's an older man now, a bit yeah. past his prime, a bit more fragile. Um, he also he took more hits survived Fennec, a Sarlacc pit and the Tatooine Desert. And yeah, yeah did take a few more hits. But Fennec Sand's a bit younger. Um, spry. Spry. And so yeah. uh, you get there, to see a bit cool of that. There was a cool part where he. Uh, he grabbed the, I guess, the electric baton and just held on to it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> While he was getting shocked the whole time. Right, that was pretty right. Good. You know, he's endured a lot, and his endurance is um, one of his many strengths. So um, that was a cool scene. And then we smash cut to the, you know, harvesting water scene. 
which was a bit long, if I'm being honest. Yeah, that was a little interesting. Um, like, including we... the fight, it was like a solid 10 minutes, yeah. like almost a third of this episode. And it's like, okay, fine, like, let's be patient with these characters. You know, you start to learn more about who this... Um, the kid could have went to sleep a little sooner. <laughs> yeah, you start to learn more about the kid and the other prisoner, and you know, even though they don't speak any lines, you get a sense of their character, which I really enjoy. You know, yeah. I was just watching um, the Wheel of Time show on Amazon, and you don't get moments like this where you just spend time with the characters being the characters, and like you need to take just, moments right. like these. To let the characters breathe. You give cre- credit to the audience mm-hmm. and let them figure stuff out. Yeah, but also yeah. give credit to you your characters. Because, I mean, Wheel of Time is 14 books, right? That the pressure to be explaining exposition to you every second is real. I get that. But you still need to budget the time to just let yeah. your characters do normal stuff and exist in a situation. And... uh yeah, because you, you, in the Wheel of Time, it's just like, oh, you got to be careful. Like, you don't have a lot of friends left here. It's very dangerous. And you're like, okay, like, you don't need to tell me it's dangerous. I can see, you, <laughs> like, this guy getting dragged through the desert, chained up. Like, it's obviously not okay. So it's it's those kinds of things. And, yeah. I, you know, I think Dave Filoni and, and, um, and um, oh, gosh, what's his face? Uh, the director here, um, they know what they're doing. And uh, they know how to create a character moment. And, you know, it's, it's, maybe it can be a little slow at times, but I think it's important and I like to see it. Yeah, no, I think they have enough Disney street cred to. Yeah, Disney them... does know how to tell a story. <laughs> yeah, here, I, there's actually, I, I don't, I can look up the infographic, but Disney released, I think it was the top 20 or 15 shows on Disney Plus last year, and mm. I think Visions and Bad Batch were both in... And... Oh, hold on, give me a sec. So really? the point they was the Dave top? Filoni's... Yeah, they were. Dave oh, Filoni's nice. street cred, they trust him now. Um, let's give me He's one second. it. Disney. So, yeah, while you're looking that up, you know, we can... I can just cut me off when you got it. But um, we've got the scene of them digging for the water. And we talked about that. It's literally just like, you know, my thing is they barely had to dig. And they found like 10 of them. (laughs) And (laughs) in this little area. uh, It was so, yeah, but what are they too? (laughs) Yeah, they're just like a pod. But again, we don't, you know, as the audience, we can, we'll figure it out eventually. Yeah, I'm fine with it. It's like, who cares? Do I really want to know? It's like when Red Letter Media did that joke about, like, the facts of Darth Vader's armor. Like, do I need to know what every button on Darth Vader's armor does? Like, (laughs) no. It's just cool that it's there. Like, okay, these things are here, and that's interesting and fine. I don't need to know its whole life story. So, um, there was a moment where, um... Boba finds a water and he drinks it and the kid's like going to smack him and he just catches the the mallet and he's like, no, I need some water. So, you know, interesting moments there, but uh, nothing terribly exciting until 
Oh, oh yeah, I forgot that the kid feeds the water to the dog. <laughs> it's like yeah, your life it is worth move. less than the dogs, you know. And also it shows the kid has kind of got some lessons to learn too. Because he doesn't have the respect. Um, but then this giant sand monster appears that I've never seen on Tatooine before. Uh, a huge creature that kind of reminded me of the Star Trek monster that like threw the rock. You know what I'm talking about? On, um, oh, on uh, the, William Shatner, that the, famous yes, horrible the, fight. The Gorn. Yeah, the Gorn. It's like <laughs> I, a, I love uh, um, the original series. It's like a much taller Gorn with two yeah, extra arms. It's like arms. a centaur lizard. It's, it's a cool design. It is a cool design. It looks great. It reminds me of a Lionel from Breath of the Wild and some of the older, the way old Zeldas. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, it looks good. I'm a fan. Um, that fight scene was interesting and the ending of it was interesting. You know, you get Princess Leia vibes of him choking out the creature with his, with his chains. I don't know if you were thinking of Princess Leia in those moments or not, but I certainly was. (laughs) No, yeah, that didn't cross my mind, but it was pretty good. I was like, oh, he's having a Princess Leia moment. (laughs) (laughs) And then what's interesting about it is after the creature's killed, you see the child and Boba kind of give each other a look. And I guess they worked out this thing where the kid brings home the the trophy. And Boba kind of just lets him take some of the credit for that. Which, you know, I guess... Well, hold on. I'm going to interrupt. Oh, yes, for a we got set. the results. No, so I didn't get the results. So oh. I found... Um, the one page with the results, but it was in that like listicle form where you had to click next oh, and the web page would reload every time. And it started those. at 20 uh. and I would have to go all the way. And anytime I went to click one, my computer would go and I didn't want to lose oh, the yeah, call. Yeah, so, yeah. but anyway, so the point was in the top 20, there was definitely the Mandalorian. There was, um, bad batch, there was Visions, and there was actually also Clone Wars. Ah, nice. Yeah. Well, So now, I don't think they were in the top five. Mandalorian might have been, but they were, they were up there. How is The they Mandalorian not the number one show on Disney Plus? Like, I guess it depends on the time period. One, or, you know, I, I don't, yeah, maybe. 21, you mean? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> 2001 was a very different time. Yeah, that was, that I, I think episode what episode two, two was coming out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and that didn't even make the top five of the box office, no. or maybe it did. I don't remember, but it was low, uh, lower no, than ever. Can we say it was number four that year, or maybe it was number three? Because I think that was Harry it lost Potter out to Harry Potter. It lost out to Lord of the Rings too. Lord of the Rings, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, that was that was a rough one, and it was you know. An, uh, interesting movie yeah it was following um, episode one so anyway the point received. is dave filoni they disney is they're like we're gonna go all in you could do whatever the heck you want we trust you right right at least i hope that's what and it kind of seems like that well so yeah you were mentioning they were vibing um, oh yeah they uh come back the kid well before they the come kill. back oh. i do want to talk about this princess leia moment a little bit because sure. um there's this is again a reoccurring theme of Boba the character that we need to be looking out Chain for. Choking. No, is how his struggles and his chains have made him harder and the leader made him stronger today, right? It's like my suffering 
has made me stronger now. Like I'm, I'm stronger than I was before because I fought with those chains and because I was in the desert and because I crawled out of the Sarlacc pit and because my dad died and for all these other things. I was things. raised by thieves. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So he's like, my whole life has been faced with some of the hardest adversity there is and I'm going to come really out of it. it was his fault to begin with. You know? Right, and it I'm going a, to... A circumstance. Right, and I'm going to fight, and that's going to make me strong. And I want, and and then that's kind of weaved in with this idea of respecting and leader, like yeah. gaining respect through power and leadership as well. But it's you know, it when you're trying to figure out, okay, what's the character arc for someone like Boba Fett that does not to this point really have a character? <laughs> he was kind of like a you know a, a guy in the background. Um, he was just a cool guy. It makes sense because we know, like the that you know he's a bounty hunter, right? These guys have seeded pasts, and you know they, they're kind of hardened people themselves. And then you have the Sarlacc pit, and you have the crime bosses and the desert and all that. So it's like these chains will make me strong. Like he kills the guy, and then he holds up the chain in his fist. He's like. Yeah, what do you want? This is not going to stop me. It's just the fact that I'm chained in your prisoner now does not mean you're taking my dignity or my power away, you know? So that's kind of Yeah, he was also, I mean, he was like, if you try to chain me up again, kid, I will. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, he could be imprisoned by a child half his size. And, which yeah. is the most like dehumanizing thing you could think of, and then the kid's treating the dog better than him, but he's still strong and confident, and and yeah, he perseveres. He, it, it doesn't. He do, doesn't let things like that phase him. Mm-hmm. He's chained up yes. by the kid, and he almost doesn't even care because he knows. You know, the thing is, he could have got that chain around that guy, uh, the kid, or the Greedo guy's neck. In seconds. He could have killed everybody there. And he's like, I know I'm stronger and I know I'm more resilient than everybody here. Mm -hmm. This this stupid thing doesn't bother me. I was just in a a mouth of a Sarlacc. I'm like, come on. Right, right. He's kind of elevated himself out of more petty things. And it's very interesting. Like, he goes out in a chain gang being dragged. He comes back holding his own chains and holding the kid's weapon. Coming back on his own volition, right? Not being dragged by this kid. So in some ways you see him uh, without being told. We didn't have this scene where the... The dad, where the dad, the chief is like, you showed some real strength bringing my son back and carrying your own chains. It's like, yeah. it's like, it's like, <laughs> Thank God. no, it ruined exactly. It, it was done so it's well. Like, we just need to see it and right. and subconsciously, even if you didn't yeah. pick up on it deliberately, you subconsciously get right. that the Boba Fett's a prideful guy and he's commanding respect through being not. I don't know if noble is the right word, but letting his actions speak louder than his words. Yes. Or not even yes. speak that because that, that's part of his character he doesn't speak yeah even though he's pretty chatty now but he you know let his actions prove his yeah and that's kind of like an homage to how he was he didn't say dignity respecting yeah. power right i mean that's like his original character you know what i mean right. it was just about what he did and how he looked and it had nothing to do with what he said because he had like one line right. so that's kind of a little homage to that which right. is kind of and cool, you see but, him kind of yeah. earning a little respect from the chieftain here and i think this exactly. is a relationship that we're going to see develop in future mm-hmm. episodes so yeah i mentioned that a little earlier where that you know when the kid came back with the head all the tuscan raiders 
most of them were like, oh, cheering. And he was going like, yeah, I choked him with my stick. And he was talking it up and everybody was impressed that they killed the centaur. But uh, the chief is the kind of the only one that's like standing there looking back and forth between them. And he totally picks up on the, like yeah. you said, oh, yeah. everyone he knew, else he knew what happened. Attention. Yeah. Right. He, he knew was what like, happened. you did this. And what's interesting is, again, they son. set up those yeah. water pod things and everything. So that was all set up in the scene before. So we know what yeah. that is and what that means. And the fact that the chief just doesn't even look at him. He, they're just standing side by side and he holds right. it out. Um, it is this moment of like, I'm kind of recognizing you more as, uh, as an right. equal here. Like I would be surprised if he's tied up in the next episode. I think they're going to let him kind of do his thing and he's going to hang around camp. Maybe, you know, right. maybe just, maybe just, uh, rope handcuffs but not on a post or anything i think it's kind of the relationship has gotten a little past that agreed oh and by the way the guy when i wanted to give a shout out not just to dave filoni but john favreau that's the guy i wanted oh, to there you go yeah. that's the guy i wanted to shout out before his name wasn't kidding. he wrote this episode he did not direct it uh but he's also obviously was spearheaded the mandalorian and this whole thing and you know john favreau you know he he made like elf the it's movie he's stuff, done marvel yeah. stuff too yeah uh, you mean iron man yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. so um yeah he's uh he's a real talented again he knows storytelling he knows what's important in telling a story and what character moments you need to capture what emotions you need to capture and uh turning that creative eye towards star wars i think star wars really needed a good storyteller to step in and and yeah. and find a way to bring like a fresh storytelling perspective into this especially after like well, say what you like want about the sequel trilogy but i think people were kind of burned out about the way they were approaching storytelling for star wars in well, those moments there was no approach to it <laughs> i'm so not trying to get too hater to oh, haterific over here but um, i'm not hating i'm just saying there was no approach to storytelling in the sequels they ignored it right. the uh, pr- approach to storytelling in the prequels was a convoluted mess mm-hmm. and <laughs> so, while i don't think that the characterization of boba is necessarily perfect i think if you just look at it in this episode it's very good if you try and like connect this to the guy yeah it's a reboot for sure but i do think like the pacing the character moments the cinematic style of it was all there oh yeah um great looking show great performances great writing like I love that we weren't just bogged down in dialogue. I love that there's still so many open things to piece together. Um, uh, yeah, I, there wasn't too much pandering. There wasn't too much, you know. I was gonna be. I was thinking I might be a little annoyed that oh, we're on Tatooine again, and I actually didn't feel that at all. Yeah, you know, but it, it was, was nice to be enough. in Jabba's palace, and it was nice to be in a cantina. And I, I was the reason sick of all you're there too much. I don't know. Yeah, I'd say if you're gonna pick up, like, name a place that's the most played out in Star Wars, I would have said Tatooine for sure. Well, that's what I'm saying. But, but it is Boba Fett. Like, it, it was fine. This I is Boba yeah. Fett. He did end in the Sarlacc pit. You do give him a pass for being on Tatooine, um, at least for now. If he chooses to leave, yeah. that would be interesting. But I just don't see that happening. Um, no, this is his new home. Because he just yeah, an old palace. Yeah, he just sat down and took over the crime world here. Yeah, so. Yeah, I'm curious to see where it goes. Like I said, I think the mayor is the one who's been calling the shots in the underworld since Jabba left. And 
there's going to be a bit of a power struggle there. And uh, what's I think the end game though here? The end game is Boba might actually do some good for the city by overthrowing this mayor. You know, how do we tie this into Mando? I mean, you tie this into Mando in that you're. I don't even think you necessarily need to. They already no, tied it in I, in the beginning. Uh, I think the ending's going to have implications for Mando. There may be some crossovers, like you said. Yeah. Uh, there's potential characters that could come into this uh, that we could see. Um, yeah, from this, from the start of this, with four episodes, I don't see a huge drop. I actually. don't see the yeah. need for it. Um, It'd be cool, but it really it might feel out of place. Right. But, I, I think, mean, who like, knows? This could go off the rails. It, we have no idea. It could. It could. But I think, you know, how many more episodes are we getting here? I think there's only three. I think it was a four-episode series, right? Yeah. So I think we're going to get more of a developed relationship with the Raiders and how that informed Boba's motivations in the present day. And then using those lessons to overthrow this mayor who's got power for all the wrong reasons, totally corrupt, yeah. totally doesn't respect anybody, um, puts people down, belittles them, you know, all that stuff. And uh, Boba's going to show him up and he might actually um, clean up Tatooine a little bit, you know, uh, not drain the swamp, but hydrate the desert <laughs> i guess you could say <laughs> that's, yeah, we'll see that's my prediction either way i'm looking forward to it yeah oh yeah like it's gonna look great and sound great and it's gonna be fun just to watch these guys and see what new things they create and what new things we get to see i, I love seeing yeah. the inside of the sarlacc pit i love seeing the cantina yeah, the people the, cool. the gamoran guards and that practical, new sand monster, yeah. they were all cool. So I'm practical effects and costumes are always great. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I would like to see a little behind the scenes on that giant monster at the end there, because some of it looked practical, and some of it looked CGI. I wonder if they Maybe built a like of the a, arms were. Yeah. I wonder if they built like a animatronic for some of the. No, parts. I, I think maybe they built a, a an arm or two in. Practical. Maybe they built the head and had some CGI parts come out of it. That head looked real to me. I don't yeah. know, but uh, I don't, they've come so well, far. Well, we know they built the a head, but it was the, the yeah, yeah, yeah. One. But I think maybe there were some scenes where I was like, "That looks almost like a real puppet." Yeah, in, in the Could in be. these moments. So, yeah. No, or that's just where the the sky budget went from that other scene. <laughs> I mean, definitely, right? A lot of the budget went into those moments. That looked like an expensive monster. I think so. it was that rig, and then the most Esper rooftops oh, yeah. is what took up most. I of think the budget, that cantina was very expensive looking. You had a lot of extras, all dressed up in very expensive costumes. Like even the mm -hmm. guy in the back had full on makeup and prosthetics and stuff. So you're like, okay, like those scenes are expensive. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think they did a great job. Like, I didn't even notice it until you brought it up about some of those other other yeah. scenes. And, again, it's also probably super cheap to film in the desert, too. Uh, well, that's why. <laughs> why didn't they just film in the desert? Well, look, on location, it's a lot. But there were so many other scenes that they did film in the desert. Maybe it was a reshoot. I don't know. Could be. Maybe it was a scene they forgot, put in later. Who knows? Who or heck, no. just go to the beach. <laughs> <laughs> like, just don't show just the ocean. Just film away from the water. Yeah, exactly. 
to have a trip to a Star Wars Lucasfilm trip to the beach, get a little filming done, and then uh, everybody hang out at a beach party. Uh, beach yeah, episode. beach party. Yeah, you know, uh, Dave Filoni will be flipping burgers beachside yeah. at the end. That's a wrap, people. Let's go to lunch. <laughs> uh, yeah. I like it. Yeah, I think that'd be great. But um, what what day of the week do these episodes air now? I don't even eh, know. Probably tomorrow or the next day. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to it. It's got to be soon. I thought it was going to be Friday. I was on Friday. No, I was so I, excited, I think, and then yeah. nothing. I was like, "What? Where's I my think boba?" Technically, we'll be one behind when we release the episode. Oh, you're I mean, to now. I but, but I, like, I, I think hope like that when we release hours. the episode, it's of the most recent episode. Like our podcast episode, we'll be discussing the most recent episode that's out. I would hope. Mm, I don't think so. I think by the when this airs, there will be another episode out. Uh, ooh. Well, this time yes, but I'm hoping that for the next one, it's not the case. Is what I'm saying. Um, new episode. Wednesday. We release on Tuesday. Yeah. Wednesday. So this episode will come out after episode two is aired, but I'm hoping we can release episode two before. Yeah, on Tuesday. So it will be at least, you know, it'll be old, but it'll be a nice refresh for people as we go into Wednesday. It's been a whole week. it airs on Wednesday. People are going to watch it on Thursday. Yeah, I mean, people Friday have been waiting already six days. It's the eve of a new Book of Boba episode, and they just want to catch up, yeah, and be part of yeah, a this discussion. I think so. I think so. I don't know if you guys, if you want a Tuesday Book of Boba, let us know. If you want a Thursday Book of Boba, let us know. Well, uh, Thursday doesn't make any sense unless we air it now, and then we record the like literally Wednesday night every night, and we watch it and record it, and then release it the next day. Otherwise, it's not going to work. We'll, no, we'll, we'll talk about one, this later. We'd be one behind like now. No, Charles, nobody's listening now. Of course nobody's... they are. And we thank you all this so much. This episode is like t- t- twice as long as the Boba episode. It's more than twice as long. <laughs> but you know what? We had to talk about the scenes. That's true. Um, scene by scene here and speculate and That's contribute – uh, Break it content. down. Break it say. down. Yes. Keep the conversation Dissect going. It like Who a is this mayor character? Is my prediction accurate? Um, by who knows? I think yes. I, you know, I don't think they're pulling any fast ones on us in this, but you never know. Maybe our cameo will be Mando himself. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah, he pops back in. He's like, the hey, I in action. Dropped off Baby Yoda. That went well. What's going on with you? kind of a thing yeah you need some muscle <laughs> let's grab some boba tea and <laughs> yeah. oh and i like it i was gonna be like i hate boba tea <laughs> <laughs> can't get the straw in my helmet it's too big the bubbles remind him of like weird things floating around he doesn't like the text of the sarlacc stomach yeah it's almost like too watery if that makes sense like when you were <laughs> thirsty for so long and he then likes that dry you have to deal with the tapioca. <laughs> it's like too jarring. It's like too much. Too jarring. Yeah. <laughs> God. Uh, oh well, this was a a good episode back from our little winter break. It's good to be back, guys. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming here with us, listening to the end. We appreciate you, and we'll be back next week for our episode two discussion episode two will have already aired at this point but we'll we'll 
release our discussion, you know, the day before episode three comes out. That's the goal. And um, until then, guys, um, uh, enjoy Star Wars episode, uh, episode, Book of Boba episode two. And uh, we'll see. You you can enjoy the episodes as well. Yeah. Yeah. Any of them. Enjoy the episodes. (laughs) Um, Chat out on social media. Let us know what you think of Boba. Yeah. Roger, Roger pod on anything (laughs) you got. We're there. Always love to talk Star Wars there. And uh, yeah. Roger, Roger. Roger, Roger. See you guys next time. Goodbye. Roger, Roger.